T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome back to Overnight America. So we got a couple more hours here, and I like that we can spend it here when it's starting to warm up. Isn't that nice? So a few um, stories I wanted to get to, and I wanted to talk about how everything is just terrible now everything's offensive everything's racist everything's whatever one of which is something that i'm sure you have great childhood memories of it's the muffin show with our very special guest star mr steve martin great theme song for the show by the way Wait, so does that mean like Jim Henson's racist too and offensive and all these? So go back and look at some people that are just heroes in today's society. The Mr. Rogers of the world, the Jim Henson's, they're all looked at as just completely the good guys. They, you don't have any problems, no specs on their uh, resume at all. It's time to put on makeup. It's time to dress up right. It's time to get things started. I like the old old thing better. It's time to get things started on the most sensational, inspirational. Biggest racist show all the time. It's the Muppet Show, Kermit the Frog, Animal, Miss Piggy, and others are now going to come with an offensive content label on Disney+. Plus. Why? Because uh, Disney made the series available last Friday in the streaming service, and people are upset because they go back and look and say, oh, it includes uh, negative depictions of uh, people or cultures. Stereotypes were wrong then, and we're wrong now. It's time to get things started on the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, motivational. This is a racist show. Warnings were believed to refer to Muppet characters, the stereotypes of uh, Native Americans, East Asians. What about the Swedish chef? I mean, is are we upset because he decided to do something like that? Oh, boy, Swedish chef. Oh, we really messed up there. We need to set an apology. Then again, we have uh, Kermit the Frog. Oh, boy. And Miss Piggy. Oh, you tell. Oh, boy. I can see the problem right there. No, you don't see the problem. No. Oh, uh, Johnny Cash once played with a Confederate flag. Oh, wow. Man, this is uh, just trash now. We're going to have to throw it all out. No more Muppets. So sorry. You're gone. See you later. 
Bye. The old opening better. It's time to get things started on the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, motivational. This is what we call the Muppet Show. And this is essentially the Muppet Show in, in if we're doing a timeline of the Muppet Show, here we go. Here's the 70s. This is all right, going forward on the 80s. Here we go, the 90s. All right, 2000s. And here, 2020s. That is a audio representation of the way we treat the things. Now, keep in mind, I don't know how many people are actually offended by this. Probably none. But, you know, you get a couple of people that get loud on social media or whatever it is. And, oh, we got to react to it. And then they fold faster than a cheap cardboard chair if you could make cardboard chairs then that's how fast this one would fold i haven't actually seen this documentary so hbo aired a documentary about woody allen and it is just oh boy some things in there i'm reading the article and learning a little bit more about it but woody allen has come out and called it a hatchet job about the hbo series about alleged sexual abuse between uh, him and the adopted kid so oh boy um ronan who i think does he still work for MSNBC, an investigative journalist for The New Yorker, won a Pulitzer Prize for his undercover sexual assault allegations against film mogul Harvey Weinstein, signed a multi-film production deal with HBO in 2018, and this is one of them. Obviously, uh, Mia Farrow and Ronan Farrow. Well, you, you can probably figure out the relation for that one, but a representative for Allen said that in his wife denounced the docuseries, a hatchet job riddled with falsehoods. Now, they were saying things like, um, photographs on the phone were like beyond terrible. I haven't actually watched any of this. I don't know if I plan to. Why is it that all of these things were already known about the uh, Woody Allen? I, th- I think every single person knew that there were all of these allegations around. Plus, it's kind of weird that, you know, getting into a relationship with someone that was adopted in the family at a, such a young age and things, um, sexual abusing her apparently since 1992 when she was only seven years old. An allegation he has always denied. A documentary draws a line between the abuse uh, of the relationships who is now with his wife. Oh, my goodness. I, I, You know, I feel even dirty reading articles like this, honestly. It's just terrible. But maybe you've seen the Woody Allen documentary and you can tell me if it's as bad as it sounds on here and as damaging. But Woody Allen is someone that is just synonymous with very popular films of the seventies and eighties in 1970s. He put out some of the biggest films. In fact, when I was going to school at central Michigan, his films, we used to watch as part of the film class. People would just love his style, his humor, his comedy He's synonymous with New York city, all of these things. Um, Why is it taking so long for him to get canceled? Honestly, I mean, it's everyone knew these things, right? It's not like it's a, a big secret. If someone who doesn't pay attention to pop culture, in Hollywood and knows something about this like me, then what doesn't everyone know something about this? Why didn't everyone just give up on it? And what does that mean for any of his other future endeavors? I mean, he's kind of, he hasn't put anything out in a while, or at least not as uh, uh, that I know of that has been popular at least. So is this just uh, the end of the end? 314-436-7900. If you've seen any of that Woody Allen special, uh, is it too hard to watch? Is it bad? Is it good? I don't know. But don't forget, we have our friends in Canada that we're going to be hooking up with in about 18 minutes from now. And John is going to join us. He's the host of The Shift tonight. We'll talk about Biden and Trudeau getting together this week, at least talking virtually. We have uh, travel between the countries, apparently in Canada. They like to come down here to vacation in the United States. We are their Florida. 
and they can't do that anymore. So some people are uh, upset about that. Mars rover landing. What does that mean for them? Does he like space stuff and taxis? And I was curious how Canadians handle their taxes because Americans are now getting that done. I wonder if they're in the same filing season as we are. But either way, all of these things coming up on Overnight America KMOX. St. Louis's weather station, KMOX. Our friends in Canada, we hook up with them in about 13 minutes. I always look forward to these conversations. In fact, it's uh, pretty awesome. Let's take some of your calls. 314-436-7900. You can text in as well. Uh, Tom's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, man, I was really surprised. I got home from, uh, from, uh, a bar in uh, Florissant, and uh, I'm listening to KMOX. I'm in the kitchen. I'm making myself some leftovers of some shrimp and pasta and stuff that I mixed together earlier. But I'm listening yeah. to this, and you guys come on. You're talking about Woody Allen and the Muppets. Yeah. And I, I was just, you know, oh, the Muppets. I mean, not only is that, it's not just a show. It's, he, man, he was something else. I mean, that guy... Yeah, that's an American icon right there. You're the talking about Woody Allen? Or are no, you talking I'm, about... Right oh, now, Kermit. I'm talking about the two yeah. things you talked about. Yeah. First thing was the Henson. Jim yeah. Henson. I mean, Wonderful. Think about him. It's, that's oh all American, God. really. And all the yeah. characters he created. And think about all it's he like did, jazz. too. It's like jazz to art. I mean, it was... Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and Woody Allen. I mean, say what you want about him. Okay. I'm a libertarian. I'm not a conservative. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a libertarian. And, uh, you know, you, you can say what you want about it. And, and it's true. He's, he's, he's a perv, you know. But, man, What's Up, Tiger Lily? Did you ever watch that movie? What's Up, Tiger no, Lily? I have not, no. What, what year did that come out? Okay. This is, he made this. This is what his breakout from stand-up to mm-hmm. movies. So, I mean... Brilliant. He, he went and he took a Japanese spy movie and he dubbed in all the dialogue. Huh. Made it completely different. Yeah. That's crazy. It's one of the. Oh, it is. And it was one of the greatest. As far as Woody Allen goes, that's my favorite. Next one would be uh, Everything You Ever Want to Know About Sex, but We're Afraid to Ask. You know, you know it, I, I never mean, saw that me, one. What's this most popular one? The one where it's about dating? Bananas, um, what, what? I can't remember what it's called right now. Well, but anyway, a couple it, of real popular nothing ones. compares to when he was breaking out of his shell. You know, it's just well, like it, you watch people. You know, I, you I'll tell you, at least like, from my own uh, personal experiences, either artists or even musicians are like this. I get so turned yeah. off sometimes when they get overtly political, yeah. and I just lose it. Like, I can't even listen to Bruce Springsteen anymore. And it, it, I used to I know, listen to him. I know what you mean. Yeah. So you know how, does that relate to that? movie makers? What's that? Doesn't that make doesn't that extend to filmmakers? Don't isn't there a little bit of that feeling there too? Oh well, sure, yeah. I mean, you've got you've got followers and you've got leaders. Okay, you talk about like Bob Dylan. He don't bother nobody. He does what he wants. Electric. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, Bob Dylan is one of those uh, characters too. That I think that he just recently sold all of his catalog, his back catalog, and all of his music. And he's, you know, he's at that age where he's like, you know, why does he have to really manage all of this all the time? So I think you're going to see a lot of Bob Dylan in commercials and movies and things like that. I'm a big Bob Dylan guy. I used to um, listen to him and he's an interesting cat because 
he went through many different stages. So, of course, the big drug use and all that back in the day, introducing the Beatles to all of it. He came up with some of the most creative music. He's probably the greatest songwriter in American history, at least the, the American born songwriter. Him and Elvis, I mean, think of the two musicians that really define American uh, music, at least legendary in that sense. And all the music that came after that and how many times he was used and uh, now you know the song because they were taking an original Dylan song. You don't know it for being a Dylan song, but still, lyrically, he was the best by far. And then he went through this Christian phase, which is great. And he never really admitted to being a Christian, but he started putting out these albums with strong Christian messages in them. And they called them his, you know, his Christian era. And he put a few of them out. And some people say that's his best work. They say those are the best overall albums that ever came out. And then eventually, you know, you start making other music a little bit different than the tone of the things from his early years. And you start to see these different changes in him. And people recognize it, but he never really admitted, as far as I know, what his faith was all about. Complicated guy and still made music and really one of the top musical acts, a touring guy. He loves to get the, uh, hit the road. I've seen him a couple of times. This is a long time ago, uh, back when I actually went to concerts and things. But this is I mean, a long time ago now. But I've seen him in a few different ways. And he's always been a fantastic musician. Didn't he do an ad for Chrysler a couple of years back for the Super Bowl? And they're like, whoa, look at that. Bob Dylan doing ads. I haven't really heard much in the way of controversy with him. Um, it, just a talented guy. But when I hear things like Woody Allen and you hear these things, I'm like, yeah, how many of these different Hollywood types had these exact same problems? A lot of them had issues when it comes to uh, sexual abuse and such. We, I mean, the casting couch is notorious and it took this long for it to be called out. It is just built into the industry. So it's tough because all the things that you have enjoyed and consumed in the past, all of which have found its way gone, you know, it's, it's can you enjoy anything anymore knowing the, the background of it? It's probably for the best for you to cut back on your consumption of things Hollywood. It's not the best messages to begin with. One person texted in a recent Woody Allen movie, Midnight in Paris. Great movie. Uh, definitely one of my favorite movies. Uh, and one person said, um, drop, drop, drop. Why are you so afraid of that guy? No, I'll tell you because he swore, but luckily we got it off the air before you heard it. So we had to get that off so we don't get in trouble. That's why you heard me say that. So the producer back in the studio would know in case he didn't hear it uh, to drop the call. So hopefully that didn't uh, get over the air. I don't think it did. Lucky for us. But so, so when you hear me say things like that, uh, people texting in, that's what that means. <laughs> it's just the way I communicate when we're not in the same room to make sure we absolutely get that off the air when there's a, a, a something that shouldn't be on there. That would get us in nasty trouble. All right. Our friends in Canada, right after the break, I'm looking forward to bringing up our friend John, who's hosting the shift tonight. This is Overnight America KMOX. Here we are on Overnight America, getting ready to hook up with our friends in Canada. We do this on Sunday nights with the shift that's all across Canada through the Chorus Radio Network. Let's see if uh, John is there. Hello, Ryan. John Jang here from Canada tonight. Yes, John, doing well. How about yourself? Ah, doing pretty good. You know, it's a nice uh, Sunday evening still here on the West Coast in Vancouver in Canada. Uh, I, I got to say the weather here, uh, I don't want to say too, too much because there's an entire country that is still freezing, still very much cold, dealing with snow and ice here on the West Coast. Nothing but rain. We'll take it. Uh, 
Well, what are we talking about? What oh, I got to pull up my converter from Celsius to Fahrenheit. All right. So, what are you at right now? Oh, that's a. See again, I I, I don't want to be too rude, but we're sitting at a balmy nine degrees Celsius, which I think is forty eight Fahrenheit. Oh, not bad. In fact, yeah, you're very good. Did you do that in your head? Were you able to convert nah, it instantly? I had a I had a calculator. Yeah. Okay, so for us here, it's uh, let's see, thirty nine degrees Fahrenheit, which would mean. It's uh, 3.8 degrees Celsius, roughly, almost 4 degrees. Right. Yeah, so it's not okay. too bad here right now either, in St. Louis at least. But other areas, not as lucky uh, as us. Yeah. Further north you go. Ain't too bad. You know, look at us yeah. talking weather, and we're just thrilled it's not below zero. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, other places in both countries right now, certainly not as not as fortunate. Uh, and even though uh, Texas is quite a ways away from the border, uh, it's hard not to feel like it's such a compelling story. What's going on there? The images, the videos, all the viral stories that we've seen from Texas residents who have been sharing uh, just how difficult it's been over the past week, specifically trying to deal with all the, the freezing temperatures and, of course, uh, not having power, not having electricity. Yeah, I wonder like how does the grid work in Canada because here hmm. in the United States we've always had infrastructure issues we've talked about our bridges our roads to try to upgrade those our schools our public buildings things like that but when it comes to the electric grid that's something that's been on the back burner that we know has been a problem and really highlighted in Texas based on the storm that came through uh, is it all connected in Canada or is it done by Providence or how does it normally work yeah, it's all, it's all done provincially. So uh, for us here in British Columbia, we get by via BC Hydro. So just like it says in the name, it's all done through hydro. And uh, it's, it, you know, it, it's it's the system that I've basically known my entire life. We do often get power outages during winter and stormy seasons. And that's simply because there's a lot of infrastructure all over the province. Sometimes that infrastructure gets exposed to the elements. You just can't help it. Power goes out. But it's often back sooner than it is later. Um, in other places around the country, I think there's been, you know, there's been some conversations, especially throughout like the prairies and in Alberta. Oh, why don't we use more, you know, reusable, sustainable energy and, and all these things? Well, it's not as simple. Uh, there are certain complicating things like the Canadian winter, not always yeah. uh, easy to work around when you're trying to think about solar and all those kinds of uh, renew renewable and reusable energy sources. Not bad. I think about the so you said that there's uh, uh, dams that produce, you know, the hydroelectricity. So the Correct. water doesn't freeze over. Do they do something special to it? So it always keeps moving. Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I mean, the, the more north you go in this province, the, the weather, of course, gets a little bit colder. Uh, here, you know, it's classified at this, at least this region of the world as a temperate rainforest. So it's rarely ever that cold where the water will actually freeze over. Um, in fact, when it gets cold enough for like local lakes around here in the lower mainland to freeze over, it becomes a massive news story because so many locals in this part of the, the country just don't deal with it very often. So we get giddy, we bust out our skates, and uh, we go nuts. But <laughs> in other places, around, like 95% of this country often get those backyard ponds and uh, that freeze over and you can go ice skating, you can play some good old hockey. It's the uh, classic Canadiana that you might uh, read about when you go online. Yeah, it's, it's why you guys are so good at uh, hockey and why you produce the top <laughs> prospects in, of the world and because you guys can play so often and why all the movies are made about Canadian hockey players and such, <laughs> uh, which is pretty great. I, You know, we talk about the same things here with uh, renewable energy, and there's always been a push for people to put more solar in. 
Uh, I know that certain states, California's always seems to be one of the first ones when it came to mm. building new homes. Part of the requirement was putting those solar panels on. But California is a different climate and they can expect to have sun a lot more frequent than, you know, even here in St. Louis, we don't get a ton of snow every year. But you go further north, it would be nearly impossible. And when there's yeah. these uh, problems with the grid, um, you would think this is the time you'd need it the most when it would not work for you. And that's something that would be problematic. Um, you know, it, it makes you wonder, what are they going to do when it comes to upgrading the infrastructure? Something that they've always talked about, because there has to be something there that makes it so these sort of things stop happening and we're not susceptible to all of these different influxes with demand. Oh, for sure. Uh, and then, of course, you know, there's there's going to be some who will say, well, look at nuclear power, nuclear power. You don't have to deal with weather conditions and all these things. Well, that's true. But we know the risks associated with nuclear power and, and, uh, you know, meltdowns. You look more recently at Fukushima in, uh, in, and sorry, uh, Fukushima in, in Japan and, and just see like, okay, there's always going to be some risks with that particular, uh, power source. But you're right. I, I think there needs to be a closer look at how our countries, both of them, uh, can do better with trying to find ways to make sure power doesn't go offline in these circumstances because, man, it, you don't really appreciate the simplicity of electricity until it's really gone. And then you're in a position where you have to rely on survival skills and instincts that uh, you probably haven't had to dive too far into uh, in, in many, many, many years, unless like you happen to just enjoy those kinds of things. So it puts a lot of us in a position where, boy, we have to really lean on each other and uh, eat a lot of canned food. And I do not envy anybody in that position, especially when you look at Texas. Canned food, huh? So what's your go-to canned food in an emergency? I got to tell you, and this is a hot take perhaps for some, but I actually adore spam. And I know there's people out there that are probably not too happy with, with spam. I I don't know. Maybe it was my upbringing. I, I really enjoy spam. And I know like spam is kind of the premium. Like it's the most expensive lunch and meat that you can find. But that's the, that's me being an elitist with my, my brand materials. I like me okay. some spam. Yeah, spam is good, but let's say the electricity or whatever's out. So how do you cook it? Or are you eating it raw? Well, here's the thing. Like, spam is apparently good to go right out of the can. Like, you don't actually need to heat it up. So there, there's going to be some that will say, well, that's just not okay. But if it's a do-or-die situation, the producers of spam tell you, and they swear on it, that you don't need to cook it. You don't need to heat it up because it's actually already pre-cooked. So if it helps with the texture, sure, grill it up if you can. Maybe you're a, an outdoor person. You know how to make a fire out of basically nothing. I'm not. I am a city snob through and through. I will take my frozen can of Spam if it means uh, it's the only way I cling to life. Yeah, I'm, I'm like that too. I love a Scrapple. I, uh, have you ever had that before? No. Okay, so Scrapple is if Spam made a junk food, and that would be the junk food. So <laughs> so Spam by itself is not known to be a healthy food. And Scrapple, if it's kind of like that, similar in a way it comes in a small loaf, that a lot right. of times you cut it into slices and fry it up, eat it your breakfast. You might put it in some sort of uh, mash or whatever, but... It's basically all the parts of the pig they can't use anywhere else. They mash up mm. with some cornmeal and, uh, you know, put it into low form, kind of like Spam. It's delicious. You know what? I, I just gave it a Google. And, and while it might not be the most appetizing thing to look at, like if we're talking about what's actually on the inside, if you enjoy chicken nuggets, then you should have no problem <laughs> scarfing down some Scrapple. 
Oh, man, I'm a chicken nugget type of guy. In fact, I had some chicken nuggets as a little snack before the show here tonight. I, I, don't, nice? I don't blame you. Yeah, chicken nuggets are awesome. So, again, like if, you, if you're if you like me and you're not terribly picky on things like that, then I, I got to say, I got to look out for Scrapple. I love it. You know, uh, did you watch the Mars rover uh, land this past week? Definitely did. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm cool? a big fan of all things space. Oh, it's it's awesome. And I, I was so glued into uh, the seven minutes of terror, right? Like when they're into that yeah. EDL landing sequence and it's all automated. All they can do is watch and hope. But entire life's work put into seven minutes of automated programming, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of kilometers or miles away, pardon me. And so like you're, you're looking at this and, and, and you, you just naturally think there's no better compelling storyline, but then deep inside, and maybe I'm a terrible person, right? I was thinking it'd be such a good story. If this failed, like if, if oh, this man. just went completely awry, that this would be such a good story for us right now. Yeah. As hard as it is to send something and successfully land something in the past, we've had rovers that were put into these like padded devices. So it would help when it comes to landing on it. And then the rover would be, you know, they'd write the ship and then get the rover would go off of this, you know, padded platform type of deal. This was too heavy for that. I mean, mm-hmm. so they had to find other ways to get it. So it made it even more risky to send something to it but luckily they're able to do so this thing they said it's about the size of a jeep you know weighs a ton or whatever it is yeah all these devices on it and i can't wait to hear the sound of mars because there's a microphone that's attached to this thing now over the weekend there was some fake like uh social media accounts that were sharing things that were not accurate it was actually fabricated the sound from mars so we're still waiting for the official sound from the planet to make it back here that's correct. Yeah, they were using the video footage from Curiosity, and yeah. uh, they I don't know where they found the audio track, but then they just implemented that, laid it on on top. And it's funny, and there's a lesson there, a social experiment about how easy it is to spread something and make it go viral when it's inherently false. And the evidence is right there in the video. You can see the writing Curiosity on the side of the rover, but nobody <laughs> paid attention to it because, you know, you're so quick to buy into something so exciting and something so new. But, uh, yeah, that, that was an interesting thing. I, I'm glad you brought up that fake tweet because it does need to yeah. be a, given a closer look at. It got me excited. Do, what, so does Canada have their own space program? Because I know there's Canadian astronauts, but do you guys actually oh, yeah. launch anyone in oh, space? Oh, yeah, the Canadian, Canadian Space Agency. We've got uh, some great uh, uh, astronauts, former astronauts. Commander uh, Chris Hatfield is, is, is one of them. Uh, he's a gentleman, a scholar yeah. through and through, a musician. Uh, the Canada Arm, uh, when the shuttle program was in uh, an operation, the Canada Arm was uh, it, like instrumental when it came to the construction of the International Space Station. It's one of our pride and joys. So the Canadian Space Agency has been quite robust over the past number of decades. Yeah, I, I know him because you put all kinds of great videos out in space of, uh, you know, how yeah. what it's like to be an astronaut. But do you actually launch astronauts or do they hitch a ride? They hitch a ride. Yeah, they hitch a yeah. ride using NASA with the, I mean, it was formerly with the space shuttle program. Uh, not yeah. so sure about uh, what future launches are going to look like. I guess it's all rocket based now, uh, once again. But um, yeah, we, we don't necessarily have the launching pad infrastructure. So that's why uh, the CSA and NASA uh, always put it buddy buddies when it comes to the space yeah. programs. Yeah, I, I didn't know this. You, you mentioned this uh, earlier in an email, and I, maybe I'm getting the wrong. Uh, Maybe I'm getting some misconceptions. So like here and most people here in the United States, if they have a summer place they go to. It's a lot of times Florida like they, you know, oh, we got a summer house during the winter months. We go down mm-hmm. to our summer house and Florida's our vacation spot. So do a lot of Canadians have vacation spots here in the United States that they go to? 
Yeah. Uh, I know here on the West Coast, a lot of people have property and they love to go down to Arizona. It's a little bit closer than Florida and still just as warm. And uh, on the East Coast, plenty of Canadians go down to Florida because, again, it's it's warm. It's tropical almost. It's, it's very, very beautiful uh, if you're near the beaches. So it's become an issue where the Canadian government has been encouraging Canadians not to travel and become what we call snowbirds flying south when the weather gets uh, pretty darn cold up here. And those who have decided to become snowbirds this year include elected officials and politicians who have been endorsing on Twitter or social media, telling us, hey, stay at home, do your part, and then secretly try and sneak off and go down to the United States for warmer weather. So whenever those politicians uh, try to you know, pull a fast one on Canadians. Uh, social media is right there to make sure they're held accountable. So it's been a fascinating experiment over the past number of weeks trying to see how many politicians are actually lying through their teeth. So what would happen? So they come down to the United States. Are they stopped at the border? Are they allowed to come back up or is it they're just uh, increased testing or what happens when they try to return to Canada? Well, starting tonight in the uh, in the entire country, there's now a mandatory quarantine phase. So you have to, by law, uh, stay in a hotel for three days while you await your test results. And uh, the government does not pay for that. You have to pay out of your own pocket. And these hotels can't just be the local Best Western. They need to be approved by the government. So some of these facilities can cost you sometimes around $2,000, uh, maybe a night, depending, again, on what the facilities look like. So we're talking about, uh, a, 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 again, a not a very popular policy. It's been a little bit controversial, but it's the government trying to make sure we're, we're doing what we can to curb COVID-19 in this country. Well, crazy talk. So 2000 a night, just basically you're at stopped at the border or you stopped at whatever the uh, airport is. And then that that's home correct. city. Okay. Um, that's a little excessive. So why wouldn't you just be able to let's say you're going home, just quarantining your own home? Uh, because the honor system hasn't been working. I mean, it's yeah. been the honor system basically the whole time here. And there has just been a lot of people like I speak with. I, I've been looking for a new place to, to rent recently, Ryan. I've been speaking with landlords and the stories they share where they're like, man, I've had somebody come in here from a different province or across the country. They were supposed to quarantine, but they didn't. And so they're just coming here, not taking tests, not really knowing what their COVID status is. And it puts everyone else at risk. So the honor system isn't working, which is why the government's stepping in with this new rule. Wow. So these different locations... Are they hotels or are they just different facilities? Hotels, yeah. The yeah. the testing is done, I believe, at the airport. But then as you await the results, you have to stay in these uh, government-approved hotels. And uh, again, that's out of your own pocket. So if you can't afford it, obviously you can't go. So what's the penalty if you skip that? It's a good question. Uh, it's, it's mostly monetary. I don't think I've heard of anybody actually facing jail time for circumventing a quarantine protocol right now. Yeah. But I mean, depending on how sit, how bad the situation goes, I'm sure there is possibility of jail time, but mostly just monetary fines. Wow. Well, how about that? I learned something new. So that really has to hurt travel. And you have to really need to do it if you're up in Canada and you have to leave and come back. Does this like uh, domestic uh, travel too? So if you go domestically within Canada, do you have the same restriction? Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's not as uh, dire. This is only for international travels, the mandatory hotels and all that. But uh, domestic travel has been down because most of us have been trying to do our best to follow the rules and avoid uh, all the really more than anything, the stigma that you might get associated with your name as a social pariah or somebody who's just sort of circumvented the rules and wanted to travel and didn't care about the rest of society.
Mm. See, I would be fine with that if if it was the option of you know spending uh, six grand to stay at a hotel I don't want to stay at, or people looking down on me. I'd be fine. You know, I, I don't mm-hmm. care the way. I'd, I'd rather take that than the six grand hit, man. And then think about it if you're traveling with a family or whatever. I've always wanted to. And I see these pop up on social media. These ads about traveling across Canada in a train. They have like these tours or whatever you can cut through. That always seemed very appealing to me. So what if you're traveling? A different way like let's say your train or car or whatever are you still forced with those same restrictions or is it just air flights i think it's just air flights i i don't really have an answer because mm-hmm. i i don't know that myself i will have to look into that but so far it's simply just airports that are probably dealing with this wow how about that good time to be in the industry i guess uh, I wonder if you are running a hotel, if you're just thinking this is your opportunity to just charge them up the nose to to be there. But I wonder what kind of special restrictions the government put on them is if there's like a special cleaning process they got to go through or, you know, what would uh, justify that type of price? Yeah, I, I think hotels are definitely facing some expensive costs as well, because uh, right now the industry as a whole just suffering and a lot of layoffs. And so the prices, while low online, I'm sure they are quite expensive behind the scenes again, because the overhead is just not being met with the, the kind of profits they're used to. So uh, that's yeah. just that's kind of the state of the industry. Ryan, appreciate you uh, connecting with us here tonight. Always good, John. It's nice to learn a few things. Uh, now I know. Thank you. You got it. Uh, Try my best to educate and try my best to learn. (laughs) All right. That's what we do. That's uh, John Jang. He's hosting the shift tonight here, and it's so nice to hook up with him on Sunday nights. I thoroughly enjoy these segments. The shift's all across Canada through the Chorus Radio Network, and here in the United States, we have our signal that reaches far and wide, at least, uh, what, 35, 36 states, something like that. So it's great that we really get that opportunity to do that. It's Overnight America, KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. It's always fun, Canada, hooking up with them. Good news is that uh, we didn't get to talk about everything I wanted to talk about, so I might have to save some things for next week. That's amazing how it goes. I introduced someone to Scrapple. Now, if he's a fan of spam... He's going to say, oh, yeah, enough with this healthy spam. Uh, I can't be bothered by what's considered a health food in relative to what Scrapple is. I learned something new. I saw this story on KSDK. This is really sad, mostly because this happens way too much in the city of St. Louis. Drag racing, early morning drag racing. They're out there, um, you know, sometimes all night racing these things on certain places. And the city had to put up these concrete barriers. Well, it's not always like that. Um, the barriers seem to have some effect, except that the racers decided to go to a different place. And they say, why bother doing this? Uh, it doesn't have to be through the overnight anymore. Uh, sometimes it could just happen in the daytime. And that's a story that's on KSDK. I was getting this one Sunday morning after a car was parked, was hit by another car that was doing street racing. Just real terrible. It was horrific. It was terrible. It was terrible. Karen Bryant can't shake the sounds or sights of this crash. It happened Sunday morning just before 4, right outside her alterations business. She lives on the second floor of the building. The first thing I thought was that the bricks had fallen down off of one of these buildings, had crumpled over. That's just how loud it was. It it was unimaginable. Police say an Acura was going so fast it actually split in half. 
Imagine how fast that is. How often do you see these things when you're driving around St. Louis? People hot dogging crazy. When I was, um, when I would go downtown or leave late at night or whatever it was, on a regular basis, you saw someone just fly through a red light purposely, as in they would wait, you know, see cars waiting at a red light and they would just say, okay, I'm going to go around and drive through the left turn lane and just force my way and go uh, around this. I don't have to worry about it. Or how many times have you seen someone uh, driving like crazy? There's been times I've seen people go on the wrong way of the road as they're uh, racing or doing whatever. And you're just helpless. And it's so disorienting when you see someone going the wrong way because you feel like, am I the one that's wrong? Am I on the wrong side? Did I switch over? Because you think it's you at first, because you're like, this ain't dumb. none of this makes sense. Your brain tries to figure it out. So they put in these concrete barriers and things to try to help discourage some of this. And it seemed to work just in those areas. But man, they found places all over. Now imagine this, you're just sitting out, you're trying to do a good deed. And you'll find out later in the story what that means. But uh, these car racers, the wrong place, the wrong time hit you. When it slammed into a parked car. The back of the car was right across the street. The front of the car was all the way up on Laura with him sprawled out flat on the street. Police say the 21-year-old was thrown from the vehicle into the street. The other street racers picked him up and took him to the hospital. He's alive with a broken arm. Now that's the street racer. So the other street racers pick him up and take him in. What about the person that was uh, parked? But William Moore, who police say was inside the parked Buick Lucerne, was killed in the crash. Ugh. They killed him. They killed him on impact. The man was dead in his car. So tragic. It's Terrible. Real. Adding to the tragedy, it appears Moore was up early helping a business owner. Bryant says about an hour before the crash, there was a break-in at the barbershop across the street. She says Moore was called to keep an eye on the shop until the owner could arrive. Dude's 55 years old. I don't know how they know each other or whatever, but hey, someone uh, tried to get in. Can you keep an eye on it for me? Okay, sure. I'll just go park out, keep an eye on this sort of thing. 55 years old, trying to help someone out, do something nice, be a good guy, whatever it is. And street racers come and kill him. It's just absolutely tragic. And William Moore, 55 years old, um, I, I hope that this could just be another reminder of this can't keep happening. If it's not the ATVs, it's not the racing cars, whatever it is, there's always problems on the roads nonstop in St. Louis. This has got to stop. There's got to be a, a point where it ends. It's Overnight America KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.